Middle East Crisis Israeli Forces Enter Hospital Complex in Southern Gaza Vivian Y. Arajita Lajka UN Ward Gaia Gupta Adam Goldman Isabel Kirshner Israeli troops have entered Nasser Medical Complex, the hospital in southern Gaza where thousands of displaced Palestinians had been sheltering in recent days, Gaza's health ministry and the Israeli military said on Thursday. Ashraf al-Qudra, the health ministry's spokesman, said in a statement that the Israeli military had demolished the complex's southern wall and begun storming it. In a second statement, he said Israeli forces were targeting the hospital's orthopedic department, killing one patient and injuring several others. The Israeli military said in its own statement on Thursday morning that it was conducting a precise and limited operation inside Nasser against Hamas, which it accused of hiding in the hospital among wounded civilians. It said it had intelligence, including from released hostages, that Hamas had held hostages at the hospital and that bodies of hostages could be at the hospital. Hundreds of Palestinians had begun to flee the hospital on Wednesday after the Israeli military ordered displaced people sheltering there to evacuate, forcing them to try to find refuge elsewhere in Gaza, even as the territory is pounded by airstrikes and riddled with fighting. Many of the people at Nasser, in the city of Khan Yunis, had already been displaced from homes and shelters elsewhere in Gaza, in many cases multiple times. Civilians have often turned to hospitals for shelter during the war, thinking they will be safer. But hospitals have been a focus for Israel's military, which says that Hamas uses them for military operations. Patrick Kingsley and Rawan Sheikh Ahmad contributed reporting from Jerusalem and Amira Haruda from Doha, Qatar. The Israeli military operation at Nasser Medical Complex on Thursday followed weeks of warnings from health officials about increasingly dire conditions inside the hospital. Doctors struggling with scarce supplies. Displaced people sleeping in corridors. Hunger gnawing as food grew scarce. Bombings and gunfire reverberating in the surrounding streets. In a series of social media posts in late January, Ahmed Mograbi, a surgeon at the hospital, described two days of horror as Israeli forces edged closer. Over two days, he said, the hospital, with just a dozen surgeons left, received more than 320 patients. Israel's military launched new attacks on targets in Lebanon on Thursday, a day after, its strikes in southern Lebanon killed at least 10 civilians, the most in months of cross-border fighting. The strikes, which came in response to a rocket attack from Lebanon on Wednesday that killed one Israeli soldier and wounded eight other people, amplified fears that months of cross-border clashes could escalate into a full-fledged war. On Thursday, Lebanon state media reported that 10 civilians had been killed in the Israeli strikes, including seven members of one family in the city of Nabati. Hezbollah, the Lebanese militia, said earlier that three of its fighters had been killed. Lebanon's caretaker Prime Minister, Najib Makadi, on Thursday condemned the Israeli military aggression and requested that an urgent complaint against Israel be brought before the UN Security Council, according to a statement from his office. Soon after, Israel's military said that its fighter jets had carried out more strikes inside Lebanon against Hezbollah targets. The escalations reignited fears that a second front could open in Israel's war against Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Hezbollah, a key ally of Hamas, has vowed to respond to the Israeli strikes, and Israeli leaders signaled that they, too, were prepared to fight. 
the strikes also threatened to derail diplomatic efforts by the United States and others to defuse the cross-border tensions which flared after the Hamas-led attacks on Israel on October 7. Israel's defense minister, Yoav Gallant, said earlier on Thursday that he had spoken to the U.S. Defense Secretary, Lloyd J. Austin III, about the ongoing threats and attacks from Hezbollah. In a post on social media, Mr. Gallant said Israel would ensure its security along the border with Lebanon by diplomatic or military means. That came after remarks from the Israeli military's chief of staff, Lieutenant General Herzi Halavai, who said late Wednesday that his forces were now focusing on being prepared for war in the north. As talks continued in Cairo toward an Israel-Hamas ceasefire, Israeli media reported on Wednesday that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu had told his negotiators not to take part, infuriating some family members of hostages still in Gaza who say that the government is not doing enough to rescue their relatives. Mr. Netanyahu's office did not directly confirm or deny the reports, instead issuing a statement saying that Hamas had not made any new proposal, but that a change in Hamas's position will allow progress in the negotiations. Mr. Netanyahu later posted on social media that strong military pressure and very tough negotiations would be key to freeing more of the remaining hostages seized during the Hamas-led assault on Israel on October 7. He praised the Israeli military operation that freed two hostages held by Hamas in Rafah on Monday. Officials from Israel and the United States met this week with Hamas mediators from Qatar and Egypt to discuss a possible deal to trade hostages for Palestinians held in Israeli prisons and to suspend the four-month war in Gaza. Those talks are still underway in Cairo, but, according to Israeli news outlets, Mr. Netanyahu told Israel's representatives not to return to Cairo. The Hostages and Missing Persons Families Forum, the main alliance of the hostages' family members, responded to the reports by protesting outside the homes of Mr. Netanyahu, Yoav Gallant, Israel's defense minister, and Benny Gantz, a member of Israel's war cabinet, on Wednesday evening. This decision amounts in effect to sacrificing knowingly all of the hostages' lives, the Hostages and Missing Persons Families Forum said in a statement. The group has mounted increasingly aggressive protests against Mr. Netanyahu's government to urge it to prioritize the release of their family members. More than 130 hostages captured by Hamas on October 7 remain in Gaza, including at least 30 who are believed to have died, according to the Israeli security services. Other family members have said that the Israeli military should continue its war against Hamas until it has reached its goals, even if that means their relatives must remain in captivity. Officials have said that in negotiations, Israel and Hamas were far apart on the number of imprisoned Palestinians who would be exchanged for the hostages and on the duration of a ceasefire. Hamas has demanded an end to the war and the withdrawal of Israeli troops, while Israel insists that it will only agree to a temporary pause in the fighting. The president of the Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas, called on Wednesday for Hamas to speed up an exchange of hostages for prisoners to spare Palestinian people further. Catastrophe in the war, according to Wafa, the Palestinian Authority's official news agency. Christopher A. Ray, director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, made an unannounced trip to Israel on Wednesday to meet with officials from the country's intelligence and law enforcement agencies, the FBI said. 
As part of the visit, his first to Israel since the Hamas-led terrorist attacks of October 7, Mr. Ray also spoke with FBI agents working in Israel, the bureau said in a statement on Wednesday, stressing the importance of their efforts to counter threats from Hezbollah and Hamas. The United States designates both as terrorist groups. Mr. Ray spoke with officials from Mossad, Israel's intelligence agency, Shin Bet, Israel's equivalent of the FBI, and the Israeli National Police, according to a person familiar with his trip to Israel, who spoke on condition of anonymity. Details of the trip were made public after Mr. Ray had departed Israel. The FBI has been working closely with its counterparts in Israel after the attacks on October 7, which Israeli authorities say killed about 1,200 people. About 250 others, including American dual nationals, were abducted in the attacks. The FBI has opened cases involving crimes against Americans committed by Hamas or others. The FBI's partnership with our Israeli counterparts is long-standing, close and robust, Mr. Ray said in a statement, and I'm confident the closeness of our agencies contributed to our ability to move so quickly in response to these attacks and to ensure our support is as seamless as possible. The United States has created a CIA task force to help Israel hunt down Hamas's top leaders while America's spy agencies have also raised the priority of intelligence collection on Hamas. The CIA has also been heavily involved in negotiations for the release of hostages held in Gaza by Hamas and its allies, and President Biden has dispatched the agency's director, William J. Burns, to join the ceasefire talks in Cairo. After the visit, Mr. Ray headed to Germany for the Munich Security Conference. Relatives of hostages being held in Gaza flew from Israel to The Hague on Wednesday on an emotional trip designed to draw attention to a complaint filed a day earlier against the leaders of Hamas at the International Criminal Court, accusing them of genocide, crimes against humanity and war crimes, including hostage-taking, killings and acts of sexual violence. The hostage families, numbering about 100 people and accompanied by two former hostages who were released in November, said they had come to try to make sure that justice would be done. The case is being led by the legal team of the Hostage and Missing Families Forum, an Israeli non-governmental organization advocating for the release of the captives, and the Canada-based Roel Wallenberg Center for Human Rights. The goal of so many families coming here together is to give back up to the complaint, said Amit Levy, 21, the brother of Nama Levy, 19, who was seen in a harrowing video soon after her abduction from Nahala's being dragged by her hair from the back of a jeep in Gaza, her sweatpants bloodied. Those responsible must pay some kind of price, Mr. Levy said. After arriving in The Hague, the families appeared at a rally in support of their cause in a square near the court, holding up portraits of the captives, as hundreds of supporters stood under umbrellas in the driving rain, waving Israeli flags and chanting, Bring them home now. It is heartwarming to see, said Moshe Orr, 33, whose brother, Avinaton or 31, was kidnapped along with his partner, Noah Argamani, as they tried to flee from the Nova Music Festival. It's important to use the international tools that are more often used against Israel, he added, of the effort to seek international justice. More than 250 people were abducted to Gaza during the Hamas-led attack of October 7, mostly from border communities, army bases, and an outdoor music festival. 
About half remain in captivity, though Israel has confirmed that at least 31 are dead. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash 2024 slash 02 slash 06 slash world slash Middle East slash Israel dash Gaza dash hostages dash dead dot HTML. The Israeli government does not recognize the court's jurisdiction and is not a signatory to its founding treaty. But unlike the International Court of Justice, the top UN court where South Africa has filed a case accusing Israel of committing genocide against Palestinians in Gaza, the International Criminal Court allows people to bring cases against individuals suspected of war crimes and crimes against humanity. The court's chief prosecutor, Karim Khan, must now evaluate the evidence submitted to the court based on the testimony of about 100 witnesses, according to Dana Pugak, a member of the Hostage Forum's legal team. Some witnesses are expected to testify in person at The Hague. The prosecutor will then decide whether to press charges against the accused Hamas leaders, who have not been publicly named by the legal team, and whether to issue arrest warrants. We came to sue Hamas, said Shani Yerushalmi, 25, who is traveling with her sister, May, 21. Their sister Eden, 24, was kidnapped from the music festival and remains in Gaza. The sisters, who in recent months have gone with hostage family delegations to Paris and Washington, said they hoped their action would put pressure on Hamas and have some influence on world opinion. Their mother mostly stays home surrounded by friends, they said, and their father prays much of the time while they do the journeys.